0: today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash voices in my head that's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player that's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head give it a try today Friends, this is Rick Lee James. I am so glad that you are listening to this podcast today. And I want to ask a favor of you. You know, this podcast is free and it's always going to be free, but we do have a lot of costs around here. Not only making podcasts, but making new music, paying for production costs, website fees, hosting fees, doing research, marketing, materials, and so much more. And you can help us with that if you visit patreon.com slash Rick Lee James, where for as little as a dollar a month, or even a one-time donation, you can help me to continue doing the work that I'm doing. It would mean so much, and it takes such a very little amount of your time. So if you have a chance, go to patreon.com slash Rick Lee and thank you in advance for any help that you can give. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, a songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more with friends, colleagues, and sometimes just by myself. Now make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes or by tweeting at me at Rick Lee James on Twitter. And please join my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. And by the way, in case you're interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Say where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers. One of the Voices in My Head. Well, I guess that's it for the intro. So sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of Voices in My Head. Well, welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I'm so glad that you can be here for what I know is going to be another great conversation today. My guest today on the show is Jana Scott. Jana wrote a new book called Standing on the Wall. It's a heartfelt manifestation of the sincere prayers of intercessors who have committed their lives to pray for the United States of America. The book focuses on prayers that each person can pray as we seek peace, prosperity, and preservation for our nation, its leaders, and its people. Filled with prayers founded in the Word of God and reflecting upon the U.S. Constitution, this book is a way to express to God that we acknowledge His omniscience and omnipresence in our history, our lives, and our future. It is the author's hope that people all over the country use this book to pray for the integrity of the nation to be preserved. Janice Scott has served in many capacities with faith, government, business, and the nonprofit community. She is, she is passionate about praying for the United States of America, its elected and appointed leaders, and the people of this great nation. Janice Scott, welcome to Voices in My Head.
1: Thank you so much, Rick, for this opportunity.
0: Well, I am so glad to, to get to have a few moments to visit with you today on this podcast. I'm excited for your new book, Standing on the Wall, especially because I'm I'm a person that believes strongly in prayer. And I'm a person who actually has a lot of prayer books that I draw from. Things like the Book of Common Prayer and other prayer books that I've just found along the way have been great companions for me. And so I'm, I'm always glad to have another companion on the prayer journey. As we begin today, I'd, I'd like to just ask you a quick question because I rarely get to talk to somebody who has actually had a job where they were appointed by a President of the United States. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I wanted wanted to ask you quickly, I I know that in 2009 uh, President Obama appointed you as Deputy Director of the Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships in the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, and I'm just curious, what does a job like that entail?
1: Well, it was the privilege of a lifetime to work for a president, and of course, President Ob- uh, Obama's administration for me uh, was a historic time, and I believe for the nation too. Hmm. So I don't know if my experience will be similar to others in the in the past, but my particular role as Deputy Director for Faith and Community uh, Partnerships in Homeland Security really involved promoting the um, efforts of the administration in a lot of different realms, whether it was in the realms that Homeland Security covers, which is things like immigration, uh, disaster preparedness and response, countering violent extremism, uh, dealing with a health pandemic, or whether it was speaking on behalf of the other agencies that were part of the uh, uh, Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships realm, those being anywhere from housing issues to issues related to our veterans to labor issues, uh, issues related to education, uh, health, and so many others. And so my role really was to be deployed to cities around the nation to engage faith-based and community groups with the federal government in these particular realms. Now, uh, I probably visited uh, some 25 cities in my time, because uh, oftentimes I was deployed there for periods of time. In one case, I was deployed to a city for two years. Wow. And mostly dealing with police, fire, and emergency management officials, helping them to write policies and helping them to implement programs that would help them appropriately connect with faith-based and community groups and houses of worship during times of crisis or emergency. Uh, So I don't know that every political appointee has uh, that type of experience. Many political appointees spend (coughs) their time in Washington, D.C., in what you call the beltway, working on policy issues. But I was able to really get very close to many people in many states and cities across the country, and I really enjoyed that.
0: that's terrific well thank you for explaining a bit about that and thank you for the good work that you did we we all appreciate it and I think um, although it never, rarely gets talked about in media circles, I think prayer is one of the most important things that we can do actually to support nations. That's for sure. And uh, and Absolutely. I want to th- and I want to thank you for for that and for your new book. And and let's let's dive right in because I know our time is limited today. Um, Dr. Terry Lee, who is the the founder of the White House Prayer Initiative, says about your book. He says. Uh, Standing on the wall challenges us to break down the walls of division and cry out to God together always a good idea and especially in the the time of of, uh, our nation that we find ourselves in. Every four years it seems like everybody um, goes a little crazy and it goes a little crazier every four years it seems like. Um, But I think as Christians we really do need this grounding in prayer to help us not just be people who are partisans but to be people who are faithful and, and that our ultimate goal is is not towards victory, but to faithfulness. And uh, and I, I appreciate that in this book you are helping us learn how to pray. So, so the first question I have about your book, something you write about, could you explain for our listeners, what is a spiritual constitution?
1: Well, thank you for bringing that one up, because, you know, as Christians and really people who are patriotic, we look to the constitution and the founding documents of our nation as something that we really hold on to to determine what the nation is, uh, how the nation is going to operate. And as you might know from the constitution, there are several elements of preserving principles in the constitution. Uh, It's really in the preamble where they talk about uh, preserving, uh, forming a more perfect union, establishing justice, ensuring domestic tranquility, providing for the common defense, promoting the general welfare, and securing the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. So we think about these principles from the Constitution, unity, justice, tranquility, common defense, general welfare, blessings of liberty and posterity, and what we begin to realize is that all of these are principles that are also grounded in the Bible. And so what we've got to understand, though, is that while we have this natural, this physical Constitution, there is a spiritual constitution of a nation that has been, unfortunately, in the case of the United States, uh, somewhat eroded, hmm. and that has not happened under any particular president. It's happened over time. And hmm. what has happened is that we have allowed, really, the manifestation of the seven deadly sins to creep into our nation's psyche, to, into our nation's, into the fabric of our nation. And, of course, the seven deadly sins, as you know, are greed, uh, avarice, uh, things like lust, uh, rancor, and and hatred toward one another. And these are the things that begin to, uh, how would you say, chip away Hmm. at the spiritual constitution of our country. And because of that, there is a debt that has to be paid. Hmm. You know, it's almost like a gaping hole has been worn into the fabric of our spiritual constitution because of these seven deadly sins that we've allowed to creep in. And so this spiritual debt, just like any other debt, is going to have to be paid for America to survive, thrive, and fulfill its original intent, Hmm. not only for ourselves, but also for our posterity, for the generations that will follow us.
0: Fascinating. I, I, I thank you for explaining that because that's a that is really a fascinating thing. I was thinking just as you were talking uh, about the the deadly sins, and I was thinking as you were just listing them, I thought, isn't it interesting? Because it almost feels like things like greed and hatred are are things that are um, almost held up as the way to do things now. You know, and especially yeah. in the political realm, it's you know, throw as much hate as you can, get as much as you can for yourself, and. Uh, disregard the well-being of others so often and uh, so i appreciate the way that you you just brought that out for sure um and 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 i'd love to know first of all because i i'm sure with all of your experiences over the years you probably had um, and still do a lot of different ideas for books that may come to mind um, why did you settle on the idea of of writing this particular book for this particular moment, a book on standing on the wall and praying prayers to preserve the integrity of a nation?
1: Well, I have to tell you, um, it actually came upon me. (laughs)
0: Mm. It
1: actually chose me, and I'll tell you how it happened. Um, When I came back from my time uh, with the Obama administration, I was actually unemployed for about nine months. And one of the things that I like to do when, you know, I have free time is to join prayer groups or to lead prayer groups. And I was on a prayer group that was specifically focused on praying for the nation. And I was asked to lead one of the days, uh, you know, we would usually start out with a 10 or 15 minute message or teaching, and then we would go into 45 to 50 minutes of prayer for the Mm -hmm. hour. And the, this particular day, um, I was led to pray and to teach about our nation and how our nation really needed to, uh, come together to pray, uh, for the integrity of the nation, for, uh, the, uh, reconciliation of, uh, of things. When, when I flew back from DC and I landed in my own city in Phoenix, Arizona, All I could sense in the spirit was that division had taken over Mm. and that we really needed to pray for unity in our nation. So I taught about that from the standpoint of the walls and the gates of a city. And uh, after the teaching, uh, the leader called me back, the the host of the call, and she said, you really need uh, to understand that what you just taught is a book. Mm. And so she encouraged me to write the book. But it was so difficult, Rick. Yeah. When I began to think about what I was going to write about and what uh, realms of our nation I was going to write about, some of the realms that I wrote about as I would be writing, I would just be weeping. Mm. When I wrote about the prayer for the, uh, the original people of America, the tribal nations, I just wept. When I wrote about the prayer uh, related to the op- opioid epidemic and how our nation needed to be delivered from that scourge, I wept. There were so many areas of these prayers where I just, I could hardly finish writing the prayer for the weeping that came up from my soul. So I really, it, it really wasn't something that I had planned to do. Uh, it, it actually came upon me, but um, I'm really glad it did. Wow.
0: Well, me too, and I'm I'm thankful for those uh, faithful people in our lives who really become the voice of God to us for direction many times and I've, I've had yeah. a number of times where people have have encouraged and said, you know, I think I think God's talked to me about this for you, you know, and it's always fun. It's yeah. always kind of interesting when somebody says that. Um, but at times, those have been really some of my best ways of of discerning what God is saying because it helps me to know how to pray better. And so I'm I'm grateful that somebody did that in your life for you to help you uh, with this book. Uh, and there are a number of topics that that you've addressed in this book and and that you uh, are teaching us to pray about together and I'm grateful for that as well I, I wonder that as, as a Christian person yourself and as, as I'm a Christian is, is a book like the, this and, and we're going to talk about the, the multiple uh, editions of the book too but I'm wondering how does this book work if you're a person of a different faith is there something here for people who may not necessarily uh, profess Christianity but might be of another faith tradition as well
1: one of the worst things we've done is we have tried to say to the world that Jesus is only for the Christian. Hmm. And he said in his word, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto myself. He did not say, I will draw all people unto your church or unto your denomination. But he said, I will draw all people Unto myself, unto the Savior of the world, unto uh, uh, the Messiah, uh, the 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 Yeshua Hamashiach, the one, the Lord who saves. And I think that's where we uh, tend to get mixed up: is that uh, we tend to try to push people of other faiths uh, away because they don't necessarily operate in the same way that we do. And my prayer, my my sincere prayer, as someone who actually has practiced many other faiths before I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I'm really hoping that people will pick up this book, and whatever faith tradition they are, whether it be Jewish, or Hindu, or Buddhist, or Baha'i, or Muslim, or any other faith tradition, that they, if they have a tradition of, Prayer that they use this book to help guide their prayers for our nation.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, that's excellent. And you, you know, I, as you say that, I, I was remembering. I don't think it's going to happen this year because of all the uh, the COVID outbreaks that are happening. But uh, last year in my community, we actually had a Thanksgiving service in November. That was an interfaith service, and uh, it was one of the most beautiful times that I've ever experienced, where um, people from different faiths came together, and we all. Prayed together, and it was a it was an interesting time to see the way that God used that moment with all of us together. So I'm I'm grateful that you're welcoming people of all faiths to to come and pray together. I think that's a very important thing, especially when you think of all the different people who uh, make up this nation. For sure, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the specific prayers that are in this book. Uh, why why did you choose the prayers in the book the way that you did?
1: Again, they were um, led of the Lord, um, particularly the ones in the beginning, which are prayers for the nation as a whole. I think the ones that get into the various sectors, uh, the Lord really had me draw from my time uh, in uh, the Obama administration mm-hmm. and looking at how every year uh, the nation examines its physical risk of uh, being attacked. This came out of the 9/11 Commission, where Homeland Security was ab- was actually established uh, to determine the uh, threat risk mm. of the United States. And there are certain cities of the country that have a higher risk than others, and they get funding because of that. And so, in my prayer time, I was I, I think that that I drew from that, and I said, Lord, I know that there are sectors of our society where while there might be a physical threat risk there is also a spiritual risk of threat
0: Hmm.
1: and so the prayers for instance at the beginning of the book really speak to that spiritual risk of threat the prayers toward the end of the book speak more to those physical areas where all of us are impacted things like the agriculture sector that feeds us every day things like the um transportation sector that we all use every day, uh, things like the chemical sector that makes a lot of the things that we have in our homes every day. Mm. So that's how I came upon the prayers.
0: Wow. And even just as you're talking about this, I'm I'm sure that you uh, are able to think and help us think in areas that we don't always think about on a given day just because again the nation is so vast and there's so many different areas uh, of the world and we tend to think of uh, when you think of something like homeland security we often maybe think of it in a military sense um, but Honestly, if we aren't teaching people to be good neighbors and, uh, and to love their neighbor and even learn how to love their enemies in the way that Jesus taught, um, then really we are not people who have a very secure home, are we? <laughs> so it's, That's right. it's interesting to think of it in those terms as well. Well, I, I'd love for you to to talk as well uh, before we have to end our time together today. Why are there uh, different editions of this book? And maybe you could explain what those different editions are to our listeners.
1: Well, um, the edition, I should say the original book, was really given to me for statesmen, people in national elected official realm. Um, I grew up, I shouldn't say I grew up, but I came up uh, and I'm still connected to a group that hosts the National Prayer Breakfast every year in Washington, D.C. And I had the privilege of working for them for a few years uh, in the office of the uh, gentleman who, uh, he really never liked to call himself the leader, but everyone looked to him because he had that apostolic underst- understanding of what God w- is seeking to do through prayer and through relationship across faith lines, across uh, economic and social lines. And his name was Doug Cole. And one of the things that um, uh, Doug taught me was that as we pray, we must pray for those in leadership. Mm. Be- and even as the Bible says, uh, because they are the ones that determine the laws and the policies, and those laws and policies can impact the way that we live in a country. Mm. So in Second Timothy, we're told to pray for those in authority over us so that we can live a, a, a life in all peacefulness and godliness and holiness. And so that was the first edition, and we have delivered some 50 of those first editions to uh, congressmen and senators, to uh, the White House, uh, and to um, people who are connected to the Supreme Court, Mm. hoping that uh, those books would be used by our congressmen and senators and people in authority to pray for themselves. So the Statesman edition is really written in a way that leaders are praying for themselves and other leaders. But then my publisher said, we really need to get the pastors and the people to pray for our leaders, too. And so we took the statesman's edition and we tweaked it so that people are praying for leaders and pastors are praying for themselves as pastoral leaders as well as our national leaders. So we're utilizing the proceeds from the pastors and the people's book to uh, be able to print more of the statesman's book. So as we're coming up on a new uh congressional uh session and as you know things um are shifting even in the Supreme Court that we have enough books to provide to those in leadership without them purchasing it. Yeah.
0: Well that's such a that's such a great idea and and I I think especially in this time one great thing that we can do as we're talking to people on either side of the aisle, one thing you can always do for people, no matter if you agree with them, no matter if you disagree, you can always pray for them and pray with them and say, "Will you, you know, just even asking that question, I love your approach of giving them the book, because in a sense, it's like you're saying, "Will you please pray with me, you know, and let's, let's pray this together. And, and I I think that's a powerful thing that the Holy Spirit can use uh, when, when people pray together. And Um, can change all of our hearts together. And so what a a wonderful gift that you have have given to so many through this book. And what a great idea that the proceeds from one would go to pay for the other. I really love that. So um, I do feel like that's a very inspired idea. Well, Mm -hmm. I had asked you through uh, through emails uh, that we've had over the last few days if you had a certain prayer in mind uh, that really means a lot to you that you would be able to share with the listeners today on Voices in My Head. And I wonder if, if you have one of those available that you find is, is just one that you have really found a lot of help from and one that you have prayed that you wouldn't mind sharing with us today.
1: Well, there's actually excerpts from two, if you don't mind. Please. Uh, one is a prayer for the nation as a whole, and the other one is a prayer for reconciliation. So let me start with an excerpt for the nation as a whole. As the heaven is high above this nation, so let your mercy be upon us, O God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Have compassion upon this nation, O Lord, and send us your mercy. Please break up the fallow ground of our nation's heart so that the truth of God is preserved. As we pray for the nation and all who dwell therein, we pray for open minds focused on the mind of Christ. Let our prayers affect movement in the heavenly realms on behalf of this nation. Give us the discernment to pray, decree, and declare those things that you care about, God, not just today, not just for the present time, but for days to come. Let our prayers for this nation have a positive impact for generations to come. Hmm. God, we pray for this nation to reconnect with you and to lift your name above the governing authorities. Turn this nation back to the true holy and sovereign God. Hmm. And then an excerpt from the prayer for reconciliation. We call for the spirit of reconciliation to arise. We loose the spirit of reconciliation in the name of Jesus as his ambassadors, according to 2 Corinthians 5:18 through 20. We bind relational fragmentation and confrontation and we loose peace, harmony, and unity in Jesus' name. We declare that the people of this nation shall be kind and compassionate to one, ag- to one another, forgiving each other as Christ has forgiven us, according to Ephesians 4.32. Mighty God, we pray for those who profess to follow you yet have not come to know the way of forgiveness and reconciliation. We pray even as the words of Jesus spoke, that when we have differences with one another in the faith, instead of questioning their faith, we would leave our offerings at the altar, first go and be reconciled to them, then we will come back and offer our gifts to you, O Lord. Surely as you create America anew, old ways, things and habits must pass away, and yes, all things must become new. As we become new This nation puts on the mantle of ambassadors of reconciliation. Our leaders must first reconcile one with another and then manifest the great promise of American leaders as reconciling ambassadors to the nations of the world. We believe for this promise with all our heart and we commit this prayer to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, Rick. Amen to that. Well, thank you for... Thank you for leading us in prayer today. That That is something that we all need to do more and more, and I know you have a flight to catch, so I'm going to let you go in just a moment, but I do want to let everybody know that's listening today that you can go to VoicesInMyHeadPodcast.com, and in the show notes for this episode, uh, we will have uh, all of the information for how you can attain copies of this book, and, and maybe even buy some copies to put in the, the hands of friends and family members this year as the holiday are coming up, I can't think of a a better gift than offering someone prayer. And uh, so I think this is a great thing. I I wonder if, Jana, before you left today, um, is there any information that you would like to share with our listeners about where they could find out more about you and and what you have uh, going on in your life right now?
1: Well, thank you so much, Rick. Um, I would like for them to go to VoicesInMyHead.com and I will provide my uh, phone number, my email address, and also the link to the fiestapublishing.com where this um, podcast hopefully uh, will also be able uh, to be posted. If you would send us a copy, Rick, we'd be glad to post it on the fiestapublishing.com website. But I just want to take a moment to thank you, Rick, for reaching out to us and allowing us this opportunity to share from our heart about prayers for our nation. We are in an unprecedented times right now, whether it's if you look at the diseases, the the um natural disasters and the man made incidents that have been going on, and our nation stands in the need of prayer. It really does not matter in my heart who is in the office of the president, although we do pray for every pre we've been praying for every president all the way back to President Uh, Clinton, really, Mm. but really uh, most uh, closely with President Bush and then President Obama, Obama and now with President Trump and his administration. So we don't want anybody to think that there's any partisanship associated with prayer. Our God is not a partisan God, but he is a God for the people, and we must all rend our hearts and our, uh, pray, and our um, minds in prayer for our nation right now, regardless of who uh, comes into the office of presidency, I would ask that everyone commit to continuing to pray for our nation so mm-hmm. that we may be healed. The Lord tells us, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek my faith, turn from wickedness, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for the people of God to join with me in prayer to heal our land. But we must humble ourselves first. We must pray. We must repent. And We must ask God to turn his face toward America mm-hmm. so that we can be reconcilers of his love and of his mercy. And I pray, Father, for everyone who's listening that the light of Christ would shine so brightly that people from all over would be drawn unto you and the world would know that we follow you because of our love for one another. And Rick, I'm just so grateful to you. Mm -hmm. And I pray a blessing over the voicesinmyhead.com that your podcast would reach the ends of the earth and that people would feed into your ministry and your efforts so that you could continue to do the work of advancing the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Rick, for your time and for this phenomenal opportunity.
0: Well, well, Jana, thank you for that. Thank you for leading us in prayer. Thank you for being so faithful. Uh, I want to tell you we're, we're just very proud of you and the work that you're doing and are grateful that we had the time for this visit today and, we're, and grateful not only for our fellowship together but the fellowship of the Spirit that we share <laughs> together today. Well, I say this to all my guests every week, and I'm going to say it to you now. Jana Scott, thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com, where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, follow my blog, and even schedule me for a concert or a speaking engagement. Better yet, even a book signing in your neighborhood. You can find all that and more at rickleejames.com. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast will be online. And now, for the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head.